My guest today is Eli Simon. Eli is the artistic director of the New Swan Shakespeare Festival in its sixth year at UCI. I must attest that I have never seen anything quite like it until two years ago when I saw it for the first time. The amazing temporary stage is rebuilt every summer at UCI between Langston Library and the Gateway Study Center close to the Barclay Theater. I do not believe it is possible to be any closer to actors on stage anywhere. When I say anywhere, I mean anywhere in the world. It, it makes for a fascinating audience experience, especially being outdoors under the stars. If you are a Shakespeare fan it is a must see and if you are not i still highly recommend it just for the experience it's truly amazing being that close you see things often missed in other theatrical productions my theatrical experience at the new swan from rehearsals to finished productions actors to ticket takers has been first class this year's plays will be the taming of the shrew directed by beth lopes and the tempest directed by eli previews begin july 6th and i know the actors and directors are looking forward to seeing how the audience will react. Please give a warm cyber Shakespearean welcome to Eli Simon. All right. How are you today, okay. Eli? <laughs> well, thank you very well, Kevin. Thank you for that wonderful introduction. And uh, it's a pleasure to talk to you and everyone else out there in cyberspace. Excellent. Have you ever had a cyber Shakespearean welcome before? Uh, not ex- no, I, I don't think so. I suspect. Certainly not like that. <laughs> well, excellent. You can tell I'm a big fan. So Yeah, we really appreciate that. Thank you so much. You're welcome. How are things going with rehearsals for The Tempest? Oh, just beautifully, thanks. Uh, we are actually today going into technical rehearsals for the play, so we've kind of finished our studio work, and now we're at the stage where we're adding lights and sound and all prop, all costumes, and everything else, all scenery. We're going to put the show together in the next three nights, and then we'll be ready to begin previews on july 6th so we're we're in great shape and having a lot of fun with it super are you are you know right on schedule behind schedule ahead of schedule where, where, where are you well we have to stay on schedule because mm. we rehearse in a very tight window mm-hmm. we rehearse for about three weeks mm. and then we have three nights to add all the technical elements and mm. then we basically open the show so there there is no such thing as running behind <laughs> schedule with a theater operation like this and we're right on schedule in fact when i direct my plays i try to get them ready to open about five days before we go to tech so we've been doing run-throughs and just doing some fine-tuning and polishing and everything's ready to go excellent it's it, you've been doing this for a while so you're at the pro levels we're really looking forward to it. Can you give us a brief synopsis of the play? Well, sure. Uh, it's Shakespeare's latest play. So this is the play he wrote. Everyone thinks, scholars pretty much concur that this was uh, as he was kind of winding down his career as mm, a writer. And interesting. As a, theater, man of the theater. Mm-hmm. So the, the protagonist, Prospero, can really be seen as a man of the theater. He creates magical effect mm. on the island that he's on. Okay. And he sets out really to exact revenge on the royal family that ousted him from Italy mm-hmm. uh, 15 years prior to the play, and he's been on this island uh, washed up with his daughter Miranda. And he really sets out to exact revenge in the play, but by the end of it, comes to realize that the, the higher emotion really is forgiveness. Uh-huh. And he reaches that in the course of the play. There's a, a love affair between his daughter and Ferdinand that happens. 
there's uh, some really hilarious clowns that wash up on the island, <laughs> and there are also the evil royals. So there's a kind of crazy interweaving of plots throughout the play, and there's just a lot to think about. This is the play that has Ariel, the, his magical assistant, and also Caliban, his slave, <laughs> who he found on the island. And uh, so there's a lot of uh, post-colonial thought that's been given to this play, and uh, it certainly addresses a lot of really important issues. Neat. That's, I guess, my overview. Yeah. And uh, we're, we're, we're certainly enjoying it. It's, it's a beautiful play. I have to say that reading it is much more difficult than seeing it. Mm. It, was a, it was a play that I had come to really force myself to read again, and I like to read a play maybe, you know, 50 times before I direct it. Mm-hmm. So... But when I started to stage it, it just leapt to life mm. on stage. And I, I really didn't expect it to be so wonderful to watch in rehearsal as it has been. That truly was a surprise for me. And so what it led me to believe is that Shakespeare really was an incredible man of the theater. He knew he knew how to construct scenes and to how to bring characters to life on stage. And, you know, the plays are wonderful to read, don't get me wrong, but they're really meant to be seen perform live. I love it. I love it. Eli, do you have any suggestions for folks who get intimidated by the language and in even the number of characters that, you know, that they can feel lost and intimidated? Mm -hmm. Do you have any suggestions about that? Well, first of all, I mean, I think that people who are intimidated by Shakespeare and come to our theater have a kind of reversal of thought when they see our plays, we try uh-huh. to make our plays as accessible as possible. Uh-huh. So one of the things that we do is we keep our running time under two hours, and we do that by editing the scripts, mm. taking out, uh, not, we don't, we don't change any of Shakespeare's words really, but we do edit repetitious passages, and mm-hmm. we take out passages that might have allusions to jokes that people would only get in Shakespeare's time. So mm-hmm. the plays are brisk. They, I think the actors are working in a, in such a way that they're as clear as a bell, and the plays should be not not like Shakespeare light, but Shakespeare accessible. Okay, that said, I think it's a really good idea at least to run a Google search on, say, The Tempest or The Taming of the Shrew mm-hmm. and just read a synopsis. Mm-hmm. You don't have to read the whole play, but just read a synopsis, understand the plot. And if you didn't get that done before coming to New Swan, uh, we have a synopsis in the program and it's one page. So it's just the nuts and bolts of what happens in the play. And it, that's a good thing to just review before watching the action so that you can track the characters a little bit more closely. You know, I couldn't agree with you more. I just in I I saw the Tempest years ago, and so I actually Googled, and I and I was intimidated in the language and so mm-hmm. forth. And I actually am starting to feel better about it. Oh, okay, okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, so I, I think it's an excellent idea, especially to do it before you get there. But you know, if if yeah. you can only do it there, then and then do it there also. Right. I mean, we do have patrons that read the plays several times. Mm-hmm. They come to our talkbacks. They attend our seminars, and they're really they're getting into these plays before they come and see them. And obviously, that just changes the nature of your engagement with the work. If you know the play backwards and forwards, it's, it's quite wonderful to watch yeah. any production, really, any yeah. production at all, because they're all obviously wildly different. Right. And so, yeah, yeah I, would, I would say that's a good way to go. Um, also, we pay a lot of attention to, say, the first 15 or 20 minutes of our plays mm. so that they're 
crystal clear. And we know that it takes about that long for a modern audience's ears to adjust to the language. Mm. So we're, we're not just coming in and barreling through mm-hmm. the text, mm-hmm. as it were. I love that. I love it. Are there, when I did see The Tempest years ago, I, I loved the mm-hmm. monster. He was such a colorful, wonderful character. Mm-hmm. Do you, you know, how do you see him? Is, uh, you know, any comment about that? Well, that's a great question. I mean, Caliban is, he's a character that you can really interpret in a lot of ways. Mm. And I mean, even his name is really derived from cannibal. Mm. So Shakespeare was reading about islands that had just been discovered in the world Mm -hmm. and, and natives on those islands and their customs and reports from sailors and he really created a character that's that's open to so much interpretation. Mm. I mean, he's called a monster many times mm. in the play. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's also referred to as a fish mm-hmm. and as a turtle, mm. <laughs> and yet he he thinks of himself as a man. He was found by Prospero on the island. He's, he's, he was the only inhabitant of the island. He's the son of a witch named Sycorax. So he comes from an evil place. He, he's a Prospero taught him language and Prospero's daughter Miranda and he were best of friends until he fell in love with Miranda and really tried to attack her. Mm. And, then, and then Prospero, in defending his daughter's honor, confined him into a rocky place on the island. So Caliban's very bitter about his treatment <laughs> and really wants nothing more than to kill Caliban and reclaim the island. Yeah. So there's just, it, there's so much that's fascinating about him. He's the guy that really understands how the island works. He taught Prospero and Miranda how to find fresh water and how to hunt for animals and how to find berries, and they probably wouldn't have survived without him. Mm. So Interesting. Very he's interesting. a fat, fascinating character, but mm-hmm. we're really not turning him into a monster. Mm-hmm. And he's played by a white guy, which I felt was really important. I didn't. I didn't think that we should miscast anyone that's called a slave. Mm. And he, and we're just taking his point of view. I mean, that's one of the things that you could do with Shakespeare is you can take everybody's point of view and go forward with confidence that he he gives each character incredible lines, incredible motivations, and, and wonderful actions. So we're just following his story from his point of view. Neat. Re- just there you re- go. Really neat. That's. A, I see the festival flyer, the Shakespeare quote, how beauteous mankind is, oh, brave new world. That has such people in mm-hmm. it. I think you maybe touched on that. Can you just tell us what the significance Well, is? that's a line that, Mar- that Miranda, the daughter, says mm. after she upon seeing the royals that were washed up on the island and were brought there in a tempest by by Prospero. Uh, He basically affected their shipwreck and Mm. brought them up on the island. And then when Miranda sees them, that's what she says. Mm. A wondrous world. I mean, it's just, she's never seen anyone in her life except for her father. Oh, okay. I forgot that. And and Caliban. And she doesn't see Ariel because Ariel Uh is invisible. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> so when she sees all of these people, yeah. the world and her imagination, her mind opens up in this yeah. really wonderful way. And yet the play itself kind of opens our minds in wonderful ways. So that's why we really pulled that quote for the postcard. Very good. Well, 
Just for a moment, Eli, let me update any listeners who have joined us late. If you are joining us late on UCI Conversations, we're visiting with Eli Simon, the Artistic Director of the New Swan Summer Shakespeare Festival at UCI. He's also the Director of The Tempest, which will open to previews on Thursday, July 6th. So Eli, just in shifting gears a little bit, how did the New Swan Festival get its name? Ah, well, it's a good question. <laughs> uh, nobody really knows. Oh! Exactly. Well. We created this festival, and there was a Swan Theater in Shakespeare's time. In fact, the only existing illustration of an Elizabethan theater was of the Swan. And so somebody said, well, why don't we call it New Swan? And it stuck. That was it. It was never anything else. Nobody ever suggested another name, and we never voted. It was just, it just became New Swan Shakespeare Festival. Got it. So that, that's how that came about. And we love the name. We love the swan. Swan's kind of a magical bird, and mm, yeah. it stuck. It, it stuck. Yeah. When did you originally start thinking about creating the festival? Well, the festival has been an idea in the minds of the founding faculty members in mm-hmm. drama for now uh, 50 years, really. Wow. And it never really came to be. We thought, and I joined the faculty about 30 years ago, so mm-hmm. there was talk about it, but nobody really ever made a move to start that Shakespeare Festival. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, why not now? That mm-hmm. was in 2011. Mm-hmm. We had some extra funds in the drama department that were awarded to us because we were deemed a department of excellence. Mm-hmm. I was chair at the time, and I took most of that money and put it into building the 15-ton structure that uh, is the New Swan Shakespeare Theater. And it was made in pieces, it was built in our shop at UC Irvine, and built to move. So originally we thought we'd set it up in Aldridge Park if we could, mm-hmm. but we realized that it was so heavy it would just kind of sink into the grass mm. and disappear. I was wondering about that. Yeah. Uh, um, the guy that put it together, Keith Bang, said, nah, I don't think it's going to work in the park. It's too heavy unless yeah. we have a pad for it where we couldn't pour a bunch of concrete <laughs> in the park. Right. I'm not sure we would have gotten permission. To right, the park right. Anyway. That, that might have been the deal breaker uh, to the chat. That cha- would have been the deal breaker. <laughs> right. So I, what happened is, I, this is true, I just jumped on my bike and, and I took a spin around the campus, yeah. around Ring Road, looking for just looking for a place that we might be able to set it up. Yeah. And when I came to the Gateway Commons, I thought, oh, this is perfect setting. Nice flat plaza, and it's right next to the park. Right, right. uh, Rise up on the other side of the uh, tiring house in our theater, and it just seemed idyllic. So that's where where we've set it up for the last six years. Uh, I agree. It's a perfect perfect location had you ever seen a stage you know a theaters and seats had you ever seen anything like that before i i've never seen anything like it no i really haven't i mean i've been in circular theaters before and i've mm. certainly directed in the round before usually the spaces are much larger right than the theater that we have our space is truly intimate truly so truly i mean you're you're only about 10 feet at the most away from any actor and uh, that's that includes the balcony, which rises straight up right. over the mezzanine. Have you seen ever seen a theater where the actors and the audience are closer? I, I can't imagine it. Well, I mean, I suppose uh, I've, I've even worked in theaters where they're closer, just really small, small, small theaters, okay. but they're not certain. They're not circular like this. Right, right. So uh, they might be tiny little black box theaters. Yeah, tiny. Uh, they would have to be tiny, but, wouldn't they? Right, 
But this was exactly what we wanted to build. We built it to our specifications and our desire to have a very intimate relationship between the actor and the audience. Because Mm. when the actor's on stage, they feel connected to the audience. Mm. The audience is that close. And the audience feels the same way. So there's this vortex of energy that's created in performance. And in Shakespeare, there are often what we call asides, mm-hmm. where an actor is thinking through something. He has a thought, mm-hmm. you know, what should I do now, mm-hmm. my lord? Or, uh, well, not my lord, because that would be to a lord, but now what should I do? I mm-hmm. think I need to talk to him. And that kind of a thought, that kind of rumination can be taken straight to an audience member. And mm-hmm. it can go to the center, it can go to the right, it can go to the left. It can go up to the balcony. We make sure that the asides come straight to the audience, and we involve the audience as much as we possibly can. And I see and that. That's that's really the way the yeah that's the way that this theater works. Mm, mm. How many seats does it hold? We have 130 seats. Okay, gotcha. And, and it's we're generally it, we're generally sold out. Yeah. And so we have you know somewhere around 125 to 130 people in the house mm-hmm. for our shows. And if you were just to look at it, you would think maybe about 65 or something. It's just so intimate. But, right. Uh, People are surprised that we can hold that many. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Yeah, right. But, uh, but that's, that's, the, that's the, uh, the total number when we have everything filled up. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. With the audience so close, do you, do you recall any unique moments during a performance where actor and audience just, you know, just, just a powerful moment for you or, mm. you know, I- I- anything come to mind? And well, there are quite a few of those moments, I, I, I would say. Uh, but maybe uh, when we were uh, staging King Lear and there's mm. this moment where the gouging of mm. Gloucester's right. eye happened right. right in the middle of the stage. Yeah. And we uh, we had a, a kind of a blood bag mm. that, sp- that splashed up, and you could feel the audience just rising up in horror. Yeah. Ah! Yeah. Was a, there was an audible yeah. gasp at that moment. Mm. But we've also had a lot of fun with comedies too. We can we can engage the audience in special ways. Mm-hmm. We've got a we've got a few of those moments planned in, in Tempest that should be a lot of fun. Uh, and all, when 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 you do things like this, when you plant an idea where the actor is going to take something directly to the audience, you just never know exactly what's going to happen. So it's kind of wonderfully live in the best sense of life. Yes, and I've seen, that's been my experience too the last couple of years. How about any, ever any Mm -hmm. scary moments? I mean, you talked about the Lear moment, but uh, how about any times, man, I'm over my head here. This is not working Mm -hmm. out. What have I gotten myself into? Any moments that you could share just briefly? (laughs) Uh, I can't think of a moment like that where Uh, I I was so worried about uh, uh, having, uh, certainly not with artistic choices, but uh, there were times when I was concerned, uh, I would say early, when we, when we first created the theater, it took a lot for the campus to uh, uh, like turn off the water in Aldrich Park because there were sprinklers on at the time, and the sprinklers would get going. And then if the sprinklers were going, the mist from the sprinklers would sort of coat the theater with a fine <laughs> sheen of water, and it got really slippery. So that's, that was scary. Right, um, right. Uh, you know, we, we, we are always first concerned about safety. Uh, but those kinds of incidents now don't really occur. Yeah, good. Uh, so, good. yeah, it, it seems to be fairly, I'm knocking on wood as I say this, because <laughs> right, with right. live theater, you never really know. Here's the knock. I'll, I'll play it for everyone uh, in the theater. 
we heard it. We heard it. Very good. Uh, uh, you know that things go things go pretty well as far as the mounting of the shows and the welcoming of our audience into the space. Uh, that's been my experience also. So, does the festival so have far, any so have any type of term limit? You know, is there like boy, we we think we're off to a great start and, and onward and forward, or or is there any um, limit to how long you guys mm-hmm. can go into the future? Well, uh, it's it's interesting you should ask. We're really, in a sense, we're a year-to-year operation. Mm. We, uh, we depend upon the generosity of our donors, mm. and uh, we, we depend on our box office, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, we depend on campus support, and uh, the campus has been very generous to us. And mm. as with any operation, I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a time at which the uh, the funding kind of goes away. I mean, it's just not there because at a certain point you're supposed to be able to raise enough money to to uh, operate on your own. Mm. So we're we're rapidly approaching that point now. But mm. We have a lot of we have a lot of support in the community, mm-hmm. and you know we're always going to see if we can reach out to folks that want to become producers and supporters of our of our festival we we don't think anyone wants it to go away Mm -hmm. Uh, so we haven't had that experience but we do realize that that we're we're more and more on our own in 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 running it and uh, in raising funds for it gotcha well eli boy we're we're running out of time here and i wish we could go on i know you have to get to rehearsals and have a lot of things to do thank you so much for being with us today it's been a true pleasure well it's been my pleasure too so thanks for having me and for all of those of you who are listening we look forward to welcoming you at the theater this summer fantastic best wishes for a terrific season for those of you who would like more information about the festival go to www.newswanshakespeare.com that's new n-e-w swan like the bird s-w-a-n shakespeare newswanshakespeare.com there you can find ticket information educational opportunities and also a shakespeare seminar weekend i promise you an unforgettable experience a summer evening of acting intimacy and fresh air with the moon peeking through the eucalyptus trees see you at the (laughs) festival